I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Back to the program. There's been a lot happening in this commercial break. We've been trying to learn and get some plans together and uh, see how we're going to cover this Senate deal here over the next few hours. Uh, Let me tell you where we stand. Maybe. Right now, as you heard uh, Jeff Kaplan and I speaking in the break uh, proceed or in the segment proceeding, uh, there is some movement on the floor of the United States Senate. And uh, what is happening is there are folks who are, uh, how can I put this, plotting and scheming, trying to figure out amongst themselves how the next few hours will go. Now, there is uh, there are some Twitter folks. There are some people I know working back in Washington just off the floor of the uh, United States Senate. One such individual he works for uh, Fox News, Chad Pergram. Uh, I follow him pretty closely and he makes pretty good predictions and he predicts that the vote that we're anticipating right now will not come until about uh, 6 30 uh eastern so that's 4 30 here about an hour and a half from now hour and 40 minutes or so uh and so that's that's his guess uh, his guesses have been uh, pretty right so far so we're gonna uh, keep watching uh, we're going to dial down the intensity, though, for a moment. Uh, if anything changes, though, we'll be right here uh, with you. In the meantime, though, I want to give you an update to a story that we've been following here on the program for the last little while. And it has to do with an announcement from the Supreme Court of the state of Utah. Uh, they posed a question. Would uh, the Utah State Bar be open to and willing to admit uh, dreamers? You know, those are the DACA recipients. Those are the folks uh, who came here as very young people, uh, children of undocumented immigrants. Uh, Due to circumstance, they are undocumented themselves, uh, but exist, at least in the definitions of this uh, deferred action program, uh, not as culpable. Uh, for their circumstance, as would be the adults, their parents that brought them here. Uh, well, the Supreme Court of uh, the state of Utah uh, said, hey, you know, maybe the, maybe it'd be okay if they were admitted to the bar. Maybe we could allow these dreamers, the DACA recipients, to practice law here in the state of Utah if they're able to pass all the requirements needed to uh, gain admittance to the bar. Well, on the 23rd of this month, uh, there was a, a, the closure of a public comment period. Folks had a, a good while uh, to weigh in on that, and it turns out the comments submitted were overwhelmingly in support of the move proposed by the Supreme Court of the state of Utah. And so we have just learned, uh, producer Amy informed me, uh, that that rule has now taken effect. And for the duration of the DACA program, uh, that these dreamers here in the state of Utah, if they meet all the other requirements, will gain admittance to the Utah State Bar. Uh, fascinating development. It's not unprecedented. There are other states here in the Union uh, that allow for it. And so we'll see uh, what that means. We'll see uh, what type of law these folks uh, decide to uh, uh, to practice. In fact, just yesterday we had an attorney here in studio, or earlier this week rather, uh, who was uh, had his hands on this effort and had his hands on this new rule uh, leveled down by the Supreme Court of the state of Utah. We'll touch base with him uh, later on, maybe get his thoughts on that come Monday. Now, 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 now. It brings us to a very special portion of 
this episode of Live Mike with Lee Lonsbury, where we welcome producer Amy into the studio. You see, the way we work each morning is we start combing through the news. We start knocking on the doors of all of our contacts, asking the various newsmakers throughout town and throughout the country and the world even uh, what they're up to and if they uh, have any stories worthy of our discussion here on this program. Uh, well... In the course of that effort, putting together the rundown, as we call it, uh, there are a number of suggestions made by uh, myself, producer Amy, producer Josh, the whole team, that don't exactly make the cut. I'm not sure what we call them yet, but they're the, they're the also-rans. They're the, the subjects uh, and the stories uh, and the bits of information that uh, someone had half a thought, hey, maybe that'll work. And as the rest of us got together and talked it over, said, uh, not worthy, not worthy of a whole segment, uh, maybe 30 seconds, 90 seconds max. And so this segment here, as we wrap up this uh, program, this episode, uh, is where producer Amy walks us through the things that didn't quite make the cut. All right, so the first one is something that a lot of people have been following all week. Of course, the death of Kobe Bryant. So uh, the, the the death of Kobe Bryant was, of course, sad, and, uh, and his helicopter were still learning details. But uh, this interesting little fact was on uh, Nike had to deal with the fact that a lot of the merchandise for Kobe Bryant was selling out very quickly. So they are trying now to stop the sell of the... Uh, Secondhand uh, Kobe Bryant uh, merchandise and uh, with, with high demand and scarcity, of often uh, that gives way to a, a secondary or a black market, and uh, and that's not uh, in the interest of Nike, and it's not uh, in the spirit of the relationship between that organization and Kobe Bryant. All right, uh, that makes sense. Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't had a chance to talk about Kobe Bryant on this program. I have been a fan uh, since 1996 when he entered the league, uh, and it broke my heart. I was sitting. Uh, it just, I was sitting in a parking lot uh, with little baby Piper while Jessica ran into a store. I was eating a slice of pizza, and I see that little alert uh, come through, and I couldn't believe it. Uh, you hit refresh, and I think like we all, we all did, we went to Twitter to see, uh, is this one of those hoax things? And uh, so sadly, it was not a hoax. Uh, anyway, fascinating story there. What else you got? All right. Uh, 6,000 people stuck on a cruise ship in Italy, an Italian cruise ship. And uh, the reason is someone on board is believed to have coronavirus or at least a connection to it enough that they are concerned. And so these 6,000 people on that ship with this couple who came from China are concerned. I'm ignorant. I have never taken, I've never been on a cruise. I, I, went, on a, I went on a dinner cruise once, one of the riverboat things, but that's that doesn't compare to uh, like these princess cruise lines or whatever. The type of stuff that Doug Wright does. You know, he gets to go on those cool trips. Uh, I've never been on a cruise. My knee-jerk reaction is, hey, if you're going to get stuck somewhere, why not on a cruise ship? Uh, they got all kinds of food and amenities and that'd be great. But then I start thinking about time. They're on there for what, six weeks? How how long until, say, I don't know, the restrooms get, uh, uh, I don't know, reach capacity? Or how long until the food runs out? I guess maybe you could uh, fly some in or out. But uh, uh, I guess getting on a cruise, getting stuck on a cruise ship wouldn't be the, the worst thing. One of the worst parts of this, I think, is that they're docked. They're in a port city, docked, but they won't let the passengers come off the ship. They where, want where them is to it? Where are they stay. docked? They're docked in Italy. Uh, this is, mm. I, I can't pronounce the name of the city. I'm not going to try. I don't speak oh, Italian. You oh, you, you, your Italian's failing you? Yeah. I've never been to Italy, and I've never been on a cruise ship. Uh, 
I got to remedy both of those things. Uh, what else you got? Let's get on it. All right. So this is uh, pretty interesting. As we talked about Iowa, uh, hoping to correct some reporting problems that happened uh, about four years ago, Iowans will now be able to report their caucus results in an app. So uh, moving into the 2020 with an app uh, to avoid some, some problems. Uh, what now? So you report the caucus results. There's an app. Who's maintaining this app? The Russians, right? This is <laughs> that's uh, yeah. There's Sergei uh, who's running this app? Questions about that. Uh, of course, as you move things on uh, to technology, there's always going to be some concerns. So something to watch as uh, yeah. that could be a call. There could be some calls for uh, I don't know Microsoft to. Has to watch their security on that. I have. Well, well, I have never been on a cruise ship. I have never been to Italy. I have been to Iowa. Beautiful okay. place. I spent Fourth uh, of July, nineteen ninety-seven, in Osceola, Iowa. So I'm an Iowa expert now, of course. Uh, and uh, it didn't. How can I put this delicate? That didn't strike me. Well, let me. How about this? We were speaking on the line with Rachel Scott from ABC News. As she was on a road trip through Iowa, they don't even have cell towers to cover her whole road trip. We had to drop her because of technical difficulties. But I guess they're in Iowa. They think they're up to the task of uh, using apps and relying on apps as they engage in this year's electoral process. Very good. Uh, someone on Twitter suggests we call this segment the cutting room floor. Oh, that's good. Let's workshop that. We'll put it in front of a focus group. Um, listen, that's it for today's program. As the day continues, I can assure you that here on this radio station, we're going to be covering the events in the United States Senate very closely. That's all coming up here on Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.